gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Well, hello there. Episode number 136 of Four Future Considerations. Well into summer. Things are great. Baseball nicely underway. Lots of money lost betting on Wimbledon. And here to talk about it all. My good friends, Matt and Manny. I'm John. Guys, how are you doing? Oh, John, did you lose money on Wimbledon? Yes. Your yes. sport, you, your, your expertise, you lost money on Wimbledon? <laughs> I did. The women's draw did not go the way I wanted it to go at who, all. How do you say the girl's name who won? Rybakina? Yes. Wow, well done. 17 yeah. seed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. won money on that match. I won money on that match. I, want, really? I bet I bet once on Wimbledon the entire time I got an odds booster that it was irresistible. Uh, the other girl, number three seed, I just had to bet it was uh, two two thirty or something like that were the odds, and I had to bet that she was going to win the first set. Well, you're the the damn three seed. You better win the first set at two thirty five. I'll take those odds, and right. I was the only one she won. <laughs> <laughs> but you took the money and ran. I took the money. Thank, thank you for, for your efforts. Best of luck next year. And your yeah. favorite tennis player, Djokovic, won on the men's side, right, John? Yeah, that's right. And then uh, other surprises on the women's side. Serena Williams loses to, like, number 115 in the world. Yeah. Uh, Swiatek, who uh, she had won, like, I think 30 or 32 matches in a row. She loses in the third round. So, yeah, it was it was not good. <laughs> it was not good for me. Do you fill out a Wimbledon bracket like they do in March Madness? <laughs> Did that, I, that would have busted your bracket right oh there. Oh, God, that would have been terrible. Well, yeah, I'd have, I would have been out by the third round. <laughs> yeah. But but Serena was making a comeback, right? Yeah, she's almost always making a comeback now. She doesn't play enough, and so she has to get through her first couple of matches, and she always just ekes them out and then plays her way into shape during the tournament. And I think she's reached the age now where she can't do that anymore. She's uh, got to start playing more matches. It's kind of like Tiger Woods at the British Open. You know, How yeah. well will he do? I got Tiger Woods in the in my my pinata to no win the way. British Open. Yeah, I was it was great. I logged into my phone. The phone was acting weird all day. It, it kept on showing two thousand and three, and then I went into the parlay <laughs> and got Tiger Woods in the British Open. It's like, well, shit. I might as well start spending that money too. Oh wait. <laughs> It's a 2022. Did your phone think you were Zach Wilson too? <laughs> I had to pull the little cord out of the top and get it out of the briefcase. And wow. Tiger Woods I have as the favorite. He can't lose this guy. <laughs> Tiger Woods winning in 2003. That would have been a great match. <laughs> I'll take it. It's funny. You guys make fun of me having a Blackberry. I thought I was the one stuck in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> nope. So that's a waste of a couple of bucks, but I won. I get to say I won uh, went one for one on Wimbledon. So. He will be the greatest comeback story this weekend at the British That'd Open. That would be it right there. I got Keegan Bradley. I don't know. He's good. Is he good? That's a name. That's okay. a name for sure. I think he I'm, went to the live tournament though, but uh, <laughs> John, do you have your phone with you right now? Uh, yes, I do actually. Okay. Should I, should so I do it? 
You Keegan Bradley's forty third in the PGA World Rank. Is he? Yeah, I'll oh, take yeah, that. He he, and he's and he's uh, oh, he's American. So okay, forget it. He's L- not going to win. Ladies and gentlemen, John is doing his pinata pick live. Yeah, I am. I'm, I'm in the basement, and? so the Wi-Fi is not the best here. So it was uh, just his birthday, June the seventh. Oh, he's going to win for his birthday. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And his beautiful wife, Jillian, went to uh, went to Hopkinton High School in Woodstock, Vermont. And he's look. Keegan's looking over his shoulders, making sure Zach Wilson's not anywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> he's one of six golfers to win in his major debut. Oh, look at this! This is your guy, man. Oh, John, you, might, you, you get, shouldn't bet because I got the guy that. Can you get jerseys? <laughs> can you get golfer jerseys? Can you get a Keegan Bradley jersey what made is up? A golfer jersey? Is it just like a? A polo shirt? It's got to be a polo. Yeah, yeah. One of those nice, like, Tommy Hilfiger, uh, like, long sleeves. Yeah. Eddie Bauer or... Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hmm. He is uh, his best finish in the... Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh. oh it, well, okay. I read the numbers wrong. His best result of the Open in 2013, he tied for 15th. 2013. I mean, maybe he didn't play some it's of the nine other years ones. Maybe ago. he's like Serena. He's only playing some of the some of the specific ones, and and uh, yeah. So he's well. Um, it's been rough in the last few years for him. <laughs> but okay, so he's not a good golfer. Maybe, is that maybe not. It's, he's he's a clay court guy. Okay. He's a clay court guy. John, did your pinata pick go through or what? Uh, no, actually, the phone shut down, and I don't know why. It was at thirty eight percent. It sounds like a lie. Uh, sounds you- like you got Jack Nicholas. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird. It he didn't got, work. You got bigger yeah. vans. That's who he's got. <laughs> what year uh, is your phone? Nineteen sixty-five. <laughs> it's actually Jill's uh, iPhone six S because my BlackBerry we we killed it when we tried to change the battery. So oh. I'll open a browser tab and try and do it on here. Oh, that's funny. I hate Apple. Well, we got a lot to debate, so let's go. All right. Well, now that we have tennis out of the way, let's talk some hockey as the free agent frenzy starts today. But there's already, see, and your dog's excited too. There's already been plenty of news in the NHL. So let's start with the draft. With our first pick in the 2022 NHL draft, the Canadian de Montréal Sofiel de Repeche from the Slovakian national team. The Canadians shocked many people by picking Uri Slavkovsky with the number one pick. Manny, you said you wanted Shane Wright, so what do you think of this move? Well, first of all, John, you hammered that name like first Ace take. Aces. First take in the in the back corner, wham! Wally hundred and that's like an Andy Roddick serve right there. They weren't even <laughs> offering odds on John nailing that name on the first try. It's amazing. Wait till I get to uh, Lekaramaki with uh, the Vancouver Canucks there. Ooh. Oh, snap. Now he's just showing off. Seriously. It's because we started the with the tennis names. Like, it's right up his alley, right? Yeah, so, of course. Anyway, Montreal. I was shocked. I really – and I think – I think they still should have gone Shane Wright, but I can understand what they did here. You go for a big, strong winger because those are not easy to come by either. Mm -hmm. And they eventually got their center by wailing and dealing and getting Kirby Dock. Right. So I I really wanted them to get a center, disappointed that they passed on Shane Wright, but I can see their plan – 
because they traded for Kirby Doc. And I think they won that deal because I think Romanoff has reached his ceiling. <clears throat> you trade him to the Islanders who really wanted a lefty. Getting a 13th overall pick for Romanoff I think is great. Mm-hmm. And then they had to throw in a third rounder to sweeten the pot for Chicago to get Kirby Doc, who's a big center. Uh, who's with speed and skill. He's disappointed so far in the NHL, but he's not going to be a number one center. Um, obviously, Montreal wanted to get big and wanted to get skilled because they got two six four guys now in Doc and Slavkovsky. And the fact that they did this while hosting the draft, making a big splash mm-hmm. while hosting the draft, I'm going to put aside my disappointment in not getting Shane Wright and trust the process for the Montreal Canadiens here. Did you see the big stare? Didn't Shane Wright give them a big stare when he finally was picked? We did put that on social media. Yeah. And Shane Wright, after the fact, kept saying, no, no, I was just looking at the camera. I don't believe a word he said. Where did you think the camera was, son? And the fact that he was smiling and then not smiling and then smiling and then not smiling again while the stare, nobody believes you in saying that. No, I was just looking at the camera. I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm sure you did. I liked it a lot. I'm sure you did. I liked it a lot. (laughs) I heard from from an insider. I got an insider thing on, on Shane Wright. There's a team in New York that did not even have him in their top 10 because they didn't like the attitude. Well, I did hear rumblings about that, that he was, quote unquote, overconfident. Mm. And in the draft interviews of several teams, not just Montreal, but when they pointed out some of the flaws in his game, he was more defensive than receptive to those opinions. Ah. But it's funny how that process went too, because New Jersey really wanted a D and I think they were solely focused on the D that they never even considered Shane, Wright. No, I don't think so at all. And so the one, two Slovakian born players making a history at the NHL draft was a great storyline. Yeah. Arizona's like, well, we're just going to focus on Logan Cooley. Yep. And Cooley was there and they're like, Oh, we're going to go with the guy we trust. Yeah. That was their guy. I think from the start. And I think they got comfortable with that. And I think it's a scenario where, you know, like they say, Shane Wright was more NHL ready the the Arizona coyotes are not (laughs) NHL ready. So they can grow with Logan Cooley and give him some extra time, which I like uh, in, in any of those moves when you can pull it off. And that's the other thing for Montreal too. Like I, I think the, Lost COVID year for Shane Wright impacted his status in the draft where Slavkowski will has a greater chance, I think, to play in the NHL next season than Shane Wright does. And they wanted a quick rebuild. Get mm-hmm. Slavkowski will play. Get mm-hmm. Kirby Doc who will play. Yep. Don't have to worry about sending Shane Wright to the juniors for another year and yep. watching him develop a little bit more. I think Montreal is really focused on a quick rebuild here. And what did you guys think of the rest of the draft overall? It was such an agent thing, eh? Like for Montreal, like you could just like their GM's an agent. Like, yes, you yeah, put on hundred percent. I thought the um, to be perfectly honest with you, I turned off the draft after the Wings pick because I had to get my children to bed and 
paid very little attention to the rest of it as the weekend went on. But that first hour was as entertaining as any television I've ever seen. And yeah. uh, all the announcements and Batman coming out there with two trades at once. And the he, place was just going nuts. And yeah. oh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was entertaining. It was, it was. It was pretty entertaining for sure. Yeah, Batman getting booed. I've got two trades. Don't you want to know yeah. who it is? It you guys are Montreal. starting to lose some steam already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you like Casper the Friendly Ghost or what? Yeah, I think he's also, for, for the way the, the Red Wings were set up, I think that was the guy that they had their eye on the, the whole time. He kind of fits the mold, and the draft is very similar to uh, a Steve Eiserman draft. So, um, you know, I think you uh, uh, you have to, uh, as as my friend Manny says, trust the process. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like the uh, I like the pick, and I, you know he he adds some depth from from the guys that I I'd read about. There may not be a ton of impact players in the draft, but there's the likelihood that they are NHL players, which is really at this point in in the draft and, and in their process all you're asking for at this point. I mean, you're you're not going to go. There's no more drafts anymore that that teams are pulling out four or five NHL stars anymore. Um, but if you can get four or five NHL players, um, then I think that's a pretty good draft. What about your Canucks, John? Um, besides besides picking another, Elias Patterson. Oh, I know. How <laughs> ridiculous is that? They should have just avoided him just to avoid all that confusion. My God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Lekker Ramaki, I'm not 100% sold on him. I watched some of the clips on YouTube and um, they're all nice goals, but um, the, sort of the knock on him, I guess, is he's got a great shot and he moves well, but getting in on net when he's close in on the goalie, he doesn't have great finish. So he says he's going to work on that over the next 12 months. So that's um, that's not a great thing when <laughs> your first pick is like, yeah, I got some stuff to work on. I'm going to try and get better at that. So uh, um, we'll wait and see how he does. And then, yeah, you have Pedersen. I can't believe they drafted another Pedersen. And then um, they grabbed a goalie, too, uh, who is admittedly a project. So... I don't know. I'm not overwhelmed by it. You got to get a few of those guys in there. This That's is a exciting. typical John Rashad yeah, draft, yeah. right? Yeah. They could really excited they about have drafted Burray, McGillney, <laughs> both Sedins, Gino Ochik, Kirk McLean. And Mark Messier. I'm not, I'm not really feeling this draft, boys. <laughs> uh, although I, I said last week, I know I said, I hope they pick Shane right, but I also said I thought there'd be some pretty big splashes, and I thought – there were some pretty big splashes, a lot of trades, yep. Montreal making the biggest splash. I think that's great for the draft. Yeah. It, pence, yeah, it, it builds up excitement a bit. For right? sure. For sure it does. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, nice for uh, ESPN's big uh, entry into the draft to have a little bit of drama and not just have uh, a boring uh, guys just walking up for four hours straight. It's nice to have a little bit of drama in there. I like that. Right, and Isaac Howard showing some personality, yeah. getting drafted by Tampa Bay, wearing a Don Johnson Miami yeah. Vice white yeah. suit, yeah. saying he's <laughs> yeah. the best-looking guy in the draft, it's so great. he thought he'd dress up like it. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a little bit of showmanship you gotta love yeah. it and uh, by the way we'll talk more about the nhl draft on the ot later this week when we're going to be joined by our good friend tony ferrari from the hockey news and now leading up to free agent frenzy which begins wednesday the biggest story has been the goalie carousel mark andre Fleury is staying put but murray georgiev vanacek samsonov talbot and huso are all on the move with campbell and kemper to follow what do you guys make of all these moves 
I don't even remember a time when so many goalies changed yeah, teams. No kidding. Do you like Kuso for your Red Wings? I love him as a backup. Absolutely. To Nadelkovich? Yeah, I think yeah. that's I think that's a great tandem. I, I think he's going to push. I, I like Nadelkovich, but um, I think he's going to push him for, for some extra games, for sure. I think Colorado's playing with some risky money, getting Georgiev, who is the Rangers' backup, but to Shesterkin. But Shesterkin was so good. Yeah. Like, Georgiev needed to find another place. And yep. they're obviously replacing Kemper with Georgiev. I don't know what the Leafs are doing. Have they not watched Matt Murray over the last couple of seasons in Pittsburgh and Ottawa? This, uh, to me, is is a uh, the move. It's a Kyle Dubas move, and it comes across to me as uh, I don't feel good about this right now. Let me just go back to something that I know and I'm comfortable with, and this, the Greyhounds' relationship with Matt Murray, they've probably known each other for a long time. Sheldon Keith too, I right? He's, yeah, I think he's just like, let, let's just go to a safe place in the corner here while I rock back and forth. And let me just <laughs> say, I got a goalie who I know I uh, who I who know can handle the job, who's done it before. We can bring him back. We got a great goalie coach now. Uh, it's, it's not a good look. But if he lands on it, it's a genius move. If he doesn't, he's out of a job anyways. Like, <laughs> like I don't know. Oh, I I don't trust it at all. Right. At I all. Like, I know he's 28. He's still young as far as goalies go, but mm-hmm. the last few years, he's really struggled. And for a team that's so close. It's just that. Like, I think you got to make a bigger mark on in goal instead of taking a risk and rolling the dice here with a guy who's been – Shaky. He lost his starting gig in Pittsburgh. Yep. He was in the AHL. Right. And then Ottawa gave him a whole ton of money, which I thought was a mistake at the time. I can't believe they unloaded that contract. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy to me. And Washington doesn't even have a goalie. Well, they're going to get Kemper, aren't they? Isn't that the deal? They're going to get Kemper. So, Like, John, if you played with the Sioux Greyhounds, you could be suiting up for the Leafs right now. <laughs> That's right, and I and I have the same quote that uh, Matt Murray did. I have a lot to prove. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i I don't like I don't like any of this for the Leafs, but I wonder if teams are starting to kind of um, incorrectly look at some of the playoff runs of teams this year. Like maybe we don't need the greatest goalie anymore. Um, we can win with. Darcy Kemper, and you know, he's, he's not an outstanding goalie by any stretch. He was very good in the playoffs, but I think there's a very wide margin between what Matt Murray and Darcy Kemper are. Yeah, and Kemper's capable, at least. he's you yeah. know, like, And you look at the East, the two finalists in the East had um, Shesterkin yeah. and Vasilevsky. Yeah. And those two guys are studs. So unless you're going to have a way-loaded roster up front, and the Leafs are halfway there, then maybe you don't need a goal. I understand what you're saying, Matt, but I just don't trust that. So we're thinking Campbell is going to Edmonton and Kemper is going to Washington. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm uh, hearing from my guys. So, Oof. what's your over under on the number of games before Matt Murray is the most hated person in Toronto? Well, the other thing he's he's got to stay healthy. He's yeah. been yeah. injured. Yeah. Well, here's your constantly. game logs as as, a, as you mentioned it. Last two years, he's played 27 and 20 games. 
in in those in succession a 338 a 305 goals against average look at his save percentage an 893 and a 906 save percentage one shutout and the last time he had over 2000 minutes was the 1920 year with Pittsburgh 2020 right 2020 <laughs> yeah but 19 <laughs> 20, 2019, 2020. Okay, got it, got it, got it. And he had pretty good numbers there. He had good numbers for the previous three years before that. So, I mean, if you uh, if you're gonna ride that wave all the way to the unemployment line, go for it. <laughs> At least you're going down with your friends. They're paying him four point six mil a year, yeah. right? And Jack Campbell must be getting a $5 million a year offer. Otherwise, I don't For know sure. why they don't go back to him. For sure. Right, so. Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. We'll have more hockey talk later in the show, but now it's time for our play of the week. And it's from the beautiful game. What a moment from Roger Espinosa to level things. Lucky lefty indeed. Espinosa wins it in the midfield. He chips the keeper and it's 1-1. Roger Espinosa fights off two players and fires a screamer from 40 yards out for Sporting KC in an MLS game against Montreal, which you voted as the play of the week and I have a bone to pick right here. <laughs> oh, here we go. Rashad is... Pissed. Every time Rashad brings the bone out, this is trouble. That's this right. is big. <laughs> How do you not pick the Logan TD return? Come oh, on. Come on, Rashad. You were the that only was... guy, I think, who voted for that. Oh, the I mean... CFL play. Did you see how far that kick went? How far right or left or whatever that that <laughs> the guy went? But Manny, in, in his in his defense, the the guy returned it two hundred and eighteen <laughs> yards or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> yeah, but the field's so big, the, the players are on the other side of the field. <laughs> I've, I've never seen a guy so far into the end zone bring it out and be completely untouched. <laughs> Nobody touched him at Not, all. He just like. That basically, you you can't give the guy a play of the week. He just ran a five k. Is all he did. Like, <laughs> like I with a ball in his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really. Here, watch this man run down the street with no <laughs> with no obstructions whatsoever. We play should try of the week. to find that and put that in next week's poll. That would be good. That would be good. Come on, I like John. The guy that's, that's your bone. Yeah, that was a great run. Oh, my God. I like the guy that uh, it, it won't be in this. Uh, it wasn't in this poll, but uh, the next week, I, I like the one. If we're going to include the CFL one, I want to include the the guy that heads the ball into his own net <laughs> in a 0-0 game. Nice in play, kid. time. Yeah. yeah. Nice play, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> the <laughs> first player in MLS history to score an own goal in stoppage time. So while you're standing in the box or whatever they call it, and you go up to hit the ball with your head. You think the best way to direct it is towards the net? <laughs> That's good coaching there, Pep. Towards oh, I got these guys. I <laughs> never happen on my team. The bicycle kick was good. The other three plays were good. The Riley Green catch was amazing. Yeah. He's been fabulous in Detroit. And the 40-yard bomb while fighting off two guys. I don't have a problem that that was the play of the week. That was pretty sick, too. So, John, 
You can stick John, your bone. You're never, you're never going to. You know where. In 136 episodes, you're, you haven't learned yet that if there's a soccer play in the uh, for <laughs> Pava, uh, Panny Mava 6969 underscore is going to vote about 18 times right at the end of the poll. And you're I never going to believe have, what's going to win. I have one account and one account only. Do not believe him for a minute. Did you notice how many times those soccer plays have been retweeted? Oh, I know, I know. The fans love it. I'm telling you right now. At FCC, FFC Burner. Oh, yeah, I've seen seen them all. I've seen them all. It just went off again. (laughs) If that's that damn Alfonso Davies. I'm just putting out more soccer plays now to get more retweets. We had some traction here. Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. Quality that shows. Go see Christina and Dennis. Dennis, by the way, loves soccer. Of course he does. Yeah. Oh, maybe you can build an awning big enough to cover that net. <laughs> I don't know if they make those. As oh, always, remember, when you're voting, next week's poll, you'll see the options on Monday on Twitter and Facebook. That's Podcast FFC is where you're going to find those. That's where you go and vote. You can select the play of the week. Don't bother if it's going to be a soccer play in there. It's going to win. Wait for the next week. But please enjoy. But there were two soccer plays this of week. Course you had there your were. Choice. Of course there were. Not like we had any good shots at Wimbledon, right, Rashawn? Right. right. Yeah, nothing happened there in those two weeks. I didn't see any. Well. <laughs> and now let's talk some baseball. We got this question from Tim in New Brunswick, and I thought it was worthy of more talk than we would do in rapid fire. Uh, Tim asks, who do we think will lose their job first? Charlie Montoyo of the Blue Jays or Tony La Russa of the White Sox? Ooh. Okay, Tim. Both teams are struggling right now. They are. Uh, Jays, I think, are one and nine in their last 10 at the time of recording. They are, yes. The well, Sox remember, Manny, for- when I was at your place and we looked at the Jays' upcoming schedule, we thought, oh, some easy wins in there. This will be a good couple of we weeks did. for the Blue Jays. We did. And they got <laughs> swept in Oakland, didn't they? Or mm-hmm. lost the series in Oakland? Yep. Now only at the time that we record this, uh, three or four games over 500, something like that. It's uh, not a good look. There's 16 and a half games out going into action Tuesday night in the, the American League East. The Tigers are only 11 and a half out of the Central. Like, I think the White Sox, we've heard their owner talk about how he's trying to make amends with Tony La Russa. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see him getting fired anytime no. soon. Even though the White Sox, they're not in a playoff position. They're, they're under 500. They're four and six in their last yeah. team. Uh, if, if I'm a betting man, I think Montoya loses his job first. What would it take for you to can Charlie Montoya right now? Well, if they or, lose, what, or what's the what's it, the cause of his of his uh, his firing here? Well, if they if they don't get out of uh, if they don't get out of July above five hundred, <laughs> then he's done. Wow, you're thinking that soon? Yeah. Okay. Because okay. this is a roster that was made to make the playoffs, was expected to challenge. Yeah. For the top of the AL East, yeah. and they're not even close. Right? Who are you bringing in? Brad Osmus? Oh, He's I, great with playoff teams. I, I do not know. Like right now, the Jays are in the wild card hunt. Right? Yeah. Well, they're, they're, even though even, they're three games above yeah, 500, yeah. right? 
they're in the wild card hunt, but they're fourth <clears throat> in the division behind yeah. the Yankees, Red Sox, and Tampa Bay. Yeah, and September is always an interdivision schedule. Right. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough sledding for sure. Yeah, you you lose to Seattle. And Seattle overtakes you basically in the wild card race because of it. Yeah, yeah. Like the Phillies are missing some key guys this week in their series with Toronto mm-hmm. because of the the COVID rules. Like if they don't beat the Phillies or win their series against the Phillies, then there's some issues. It's I know it's only a two game series, yeah. but really they should sweep that. And then you got to sweep Kansas City or at least yeah. win that series against yeah. Kansas City. Yeah. If you don't then I seriously think you consider changing the manager. Interesting. I honestly don't think either guy gets fired this year. I think the Blue Jays are going to be fine. But I uh, and and I don't think Tony Larusa comes close to firing. So, so being fired. So they got four games against Kansas City after yeah. two against the Phillies. Then it's the All Star. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think they'll. Uh, I don't. I don't think either guy loses their job. Okay. Major League Baseball has also announced the starters and reserves for the All-Star game. What do you guys think of the rosters, and who are some of your biggest snubs? Because there are always a couple. Yeah, the one that stands out when we're talking about the Blue Jays is Kevin Gossman. Um, I I thought he was a shoo-in to make uh, an All-Star team. It's always tough. uh, You know, he's he's got an ERA under three. He's been... Probably the Jays' best starter. Um, you know, I, I think he's been. I think he's been pretty solid. There's always guys, you know, like Dylan Cease in Chicago, um, but you get stuck with some of these other guys uh, who are just in bad positions. I was reading a list of snubs and and seeing who um, should be there and who makes sense and, and this and that. And you you know, you're talking about oh, this guy should have made it in the American League outfield. Well. Two of those spots are sealed for the rest of these people's lives. So it, yeah, unless like, you're the next big starter, you're probably not making the team. It's not a snub to me. You're not getting over Trout or Judge. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. And Otani. I mean, it's yeah. fan voting, right? Otani's yeah. going to be in there until until he retires. So yeah, you're you're not going to make it in that in that sense. So there's there's guys overall. I don't think there's a massive miss, um, but Kevin Gossman to me is is one that that probably should be in there. It's funny that we you mentioned Gossman. We were just talking about the Blue Jays and the White Sox because I agree with you that Dylan Cease should be there. Mm-hmm. Here's a guy with a 2.45 ERA. He's got 13 Ks per nine innings. Yeah. Like, that's pretty impressive. And he's been the best pitcher on the White Sox staff. Mm-hmm. And Carlos Rondon is probably the former White Sox, is probably yeah. the brightest spot on that San Francisco roster. True. 2.7 ERA. He's got 11 Ks per nine innings. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm a little bit surprised that they didn't make it. I can sort of see why they didn't go with Gossman. He got off to such a great start. His first he five games. He slowed down, for sure. Were amazing, and yeah. now he's slowed down. Yeah, so. for sure. And he got hit by a line drive recently and has missed a couple of games. So uh, overall, I think they got it right, John, though. Are you Now it's time for rapid fire. You guys did a good job last week with your quick answers. That was, uh, I think, record time. Let's see how you do today. A question from Dave and <laughs> Owen Sound. What the heck are the Blackhawks doing by trading away Alex DeBrincat and Kirby Doc? Wow, this is the biggest tank job ever in the history of tank jobs in the NHL. That's what they're doing. <laughs> you trade a 40-goal scorer 
who's in his mid-20s, and Kirby Doc, who's 21, because you want to get either Bedard, Mitchkoff, or Fantilli next year mm-hmm. in one of the top three spots in the NHL draft. There is no doubt what they're doing here. And in fact, Dave, if you're a Blackhawks fan, don't be surprised if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, who have no trade clauses, go to the Blackhawks management and go, we don't want anything to do with this. We will waive our no trade clauses. Trade us somewhere to win a cup. Yeah, this is blatant. Uh, yeah. You know, this is this to me is like there's to me there's no logical way as as a new general manager that you see in the, in the Blackhawks uh, organization who's a young guy to begin with. There's no way you can look at this team and think Alex to bring. Ah, I don't know. I mean, we could get draft capital for him, <laughs> and and like let's let's be reasonable here. You're you're looking to clean the slate of anything that was there before and and build your own baby and you have to go into a, a tough city to make that argument and yeah if you're jonathan taves and and patrick kane i mean i don't think a fan can really be disappointed in either of those guys to be like listen this i'm i'm not wasting my my last couple years at the bottom uh unless they want to bring one of those younger kids along like John, you could be playing left wing for them. Wow, the I've got two two positions in the he's NHL. Starting goalie in Toronto, yeah, and he's on the wing with Taves and Kane in Chicago. Do you think? Do you think this is you know how the Cubs tanked to win the World Series in mm-hmm. what was that twenty sixteen? Do you uh. think? Do you think that's like the mentality in Chicago right now? They saw the Cubs playbook and said, "Yeah, we're going to tank too and try to win a World Championship." Sure. I, I mean, you know, uh, tanking is is. I don't believe that players tank, but you can certainly tank in the architecture portion of that team. Sure. And you can't you can't believe a word that this general manager says in thinking a he got a good deal for either of these guys, or this is this is going to help us retool the team, and we'll be right back at it before you know it. This is now a seven-year project that he's created. We have another listener question from Dan in Halifax, Nova Scotia, who asks what we think of the Baker Mayfield trade. He admitted he was kind of shocked about not being in the Browns' plans. What do you guys think? Well, uh, you know, I, I credit Baker Mayfield for standing his ground here after he was treated poorly by the Browns. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, the whole Deshaun Watson debacle there. And I'm surprised we haven't heard what kind of suspension Watson's getting yet. I think it's going to be a year. But I'm 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 pretty impressed that Mayfield stood his ground and said there's no reconciliation here. And he did it in the nicest possible way, yeah. forcing Cleveland's hand to make a trade. I don't think Baker is an elite quarterback. But I think he's the best option that Carolina has moving forward because Sam Darnold has now faltered with the Jets and the Panthers last year. So I think Carolina wins the deal, and I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, uh, Baker is uh, was, the, was the prize when he got picked by the Browns. He was the new face. He was the one that was going to turn things around and turn the Browns into what they were. I don't think he was ever the quarterback that they thought he was going to be, nor – did he seem like he was going to be even coming out of the draft? 
And I think everybody just kind of soured on each other. And, and Cleveland now thinks that they've found something else, which uh, I don't believe they have. And, uh, and let them let them run that roller coaster again. I say good for him to, to get out of there. He can go to Carolina where nobody's really going to care. He doesn't have that kind of focus. He's going to be a little bit uh, able to play a little bit looser. And, um, you know, they're, they're used to that style with uh, how long they had Cam Newton play there. And, and that fan base likes that kind of player. Um, so I think it's a pretty good landing spot for him. And yeah, I, I give him, like you said, a, a bunch of credit for, for just keeping it, kosher but making it very very clear where he stood and and uh he he ends up winning out of this we have a basketball question from michael in dresden who asked for our thoughts on john morant's quote after he said he would cook michael jordan in his day agree or disagree can we stop with this <laughs> is really he, is he cooking for michael jordan yeah or cooking michael <laughs> john morant shouldn't even be allowed to serve michael jordan what anybody cooks for michael jordan <laughs> john morant's a very good player but he's no michael jordan and it's not even close no and, and what do you like <laughs> just the just the thought process of you you're going to cook the greatest player ever at what point are we even talking like his current stature? Could you currently beat Michael Jordan sitting in his couch, watching on the tablet? Uh, sure. Maybe you'd be able to beat him in horse, but I still wouldn't put my money on you. But I mean, there's, there's a line where there's, okay, I, I appreciate the confidence and I appreciate that, you know, your, your confidence and your skills and, and what you think you can do on the court, all that. but you don't go out and say that you're going to cook the greatest player of all time when you've literally done nothing. <laughs> literally. Michael Jordan went to the finals six times. Yeah. He won six championships. Yeah. I'm not sure how to say this guy's first name. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big basketball fan. I'm not sure if it's Jay. It's ja. I, that's, that's where you are. That's where you are on, on, uh, on my level. <laughs> You you are the the water boiling in the mac and cheese that Michael Jordan is making his dog. That's that's where John Morant is in his in his career. I'm waiting well, for the Michael Jordan memes to come out again. Yeah. And I took offense to and that. I took offense to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, see, I was starting to wonder, am I getting to be one of these guys? Like I remember my dad and all his friends, oh, no one will ever be better than and then like Rocket Richard, or no one will ever be better than Wilt Chamberlain and all these things where they they always compare these players of yesteryear and no one will ever top them. And I'm like, am I that way with Michael Jordan? But I really do think Michael Jordan for me, is the greatest ever. I don't know that anyone can ever beat Michael Jordan in my mind. No, and Kirby Doc is not coming out and saying that he'd cook Wayne Gretzky. Like, <laughs> let's be let's be real there. Let's let's just you know blind box compare careers. Like, okay, who do you think would beat the other one in the in a one on one game? The guy with six rings, or the guy who hasn't played six years. <laughs> <laughs> Although I want to ask Isaac Howard if he would cook Wayne Gretzky. You know what? After the Isaac shoot, Howard he would? would cook Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> he would. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky would be chewing the filet mignon and feeding it to him like a baby bird. That's how much he'd own Wayne Gretzky. 
<laughs> and I know I always give you guys uh, trouble for going too long here, but um, what do you think? Uh, do you think John Morant could beat Michael Jordan now? If they went out and played one-on-one right now, I think Jordan still wins. Ooh, I think Morant would have an edge driving to the basket, but I yep. think, I think Michael's jumper is still very, very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, John Morant's six, three. How tall is Michael? Oh, Michael uh, six, six, four, six, seven, seven. No, I pretty, don't think he's that tall. Is he sure, that tall? He? I'm going to look it up. I thought, I don't know, so. but I can tell you how many times did Michael Jordan win the NBA most improved player? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> John Morant's won it once, and the guy's only played three damn years in the league. Jordan is 6'6". Six, six. Okay. Oh, 6'6", six, six. okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, wait, oh, that's weird, though. Some what? people actually thought he was only 6'4". There's a rumor that he was only 6'4", but they listed him at 6'6", six, six, which is interesting. That's pretty cool. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now we have a pump it up submission from Jill in Orangeville who wanted us to rate this new song from Beyonce. The song is called Break My Soul by Beyonce. So, boys, pump it or dump it. Wait a minute. Jill in Orangeville? Is this is this your Jill? Oh, interesting. It can't be. She's not a Beyonce fan, is she? No, no, she's more country, actually. I don't think You it's are, right. though. <laughs> and you like her music, too. <laughs> oh, she sings? <laughs> I just thought she was a dancer. Uh, I don't know what to think about this song yet. Uh, the only thing I think of when I hear this song is how many commercials and inspirational uh, background music uh, this song is going to be featured in for the next 10 years. I think this is about as commercial a song that you could possibly create. Really? Eh? It's all right, but I just like even I, I watched the lyric video because uh, that's what got sent to me by our producer. Um, and I'm reading the words and like, oh, this is, are you, this is going to be in every single Lululemon commercial and, uh, <laughs> any, any other motivational thing. Um, I, I think this is a, a produced for mass, uh, release amongst the corporations. Really? Yeah. Eh? I didn't get that. Although I'm not totally turned off by it yet. So yeah. I think I think it's got room for it to grow on me. So I'm going to say pump it now. I don't okay. hate it yet. Yeah, I'm going to say pump it as well. But I'm like Manny. It's kind of, I'm <laughs> like kind of lukewarm on it. Like, like I, Manny, like, I don't hate it yet. <laughs> it's like John's. It's okay. <laughs> I feel like it needs a remix. I think if we have a faster remix that comes out, then I'm all over it. Where's right now, little baby? <laughs> <laughs> or da baby? Where's da baby? Yeah, we need somebody like that. Some baby needs to come and save this song. <laughs> What did, what did you think, Matt, overall? Pump it or not? Uh, it's okay. Uh, I, I think it's it's okay. 
It's not single ladies. <laughs> but it's been a while since she's come out with stuff. It has. So. It has. Yeah, yeah, Lemonade was the last one, which I thought was terrible, but I didn't I don't get even it. remember that. It was a huge epic album, and the people who love her loved that album and thought it was epic, and then everyone else is kind of like shoulder shrug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she's a very astute musician, so only the finest ears would understand what Beyonce says. <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for another debate on Rapid Fire. Another good debate, boys. We're happy to say, too, that the OT returns this week with an in-depth look with someone who knows what they're talking about when it comes to the NHL draft. That's right. Other than it was a good draft, (laughs) our good friend Tony Ferrari from the Hockey News is going to join us to recap last weekend in Montreal. Did he go to the draft? He got COVID. Oh, at the draft? No, at the oh. at the eleventh hour. Come on, and couldn't go to Montreal. Oh, so I'm surprised they still held the draft. Nah. <laughs> you think he was moved it? At he least. was all over social media, though. So. I bet. I bet. So what I'm suggesting, though, is uh, before you listen to the Tony Ferrari episode when we put it out, make sure you listen. Well, I guess you're already listening, but give it a little <laughs> bit of a break. Give it a little bit of a break between this episode and his. So you kind of forget what we said. So if he totally contradicts us and makes us look dumb, you won't remember. Oh, uh, he probably is going to make us look dumb yeah. no matter what. Take some time to digest <laughs> our knowledge and then compare it to the expert from the hockey news and see which one has a little more insight other than the guy's suit. <laughs> <laughs> what it's really like it's like you're eating at taco bell by getting our opinions and then you're going to like a four star or five star restaurant with tony ferrari getting yeah. his opinions this, john, this john moran's bringing you a steak out of the kitchen <laughs> he is cooking yeah he's just, cooking for you <laughs> it's like us saying we're gonna cook tony ferrari in his nhl draft analysis <laughs> that's where we are <laughs> and remember if you have any uh, show or guest suggestions or questions for an upcoming debate send us an email for future considerations at gmail.com and we're always posting on social media and if we're not posting on social media the notifications are going to go off anyways because someone went looking for a soccer highlight but follow us on podcast ffc on twitter and instagram for future considerations on Facebook. We already know the first pick of the 2023 NHL draft. So if you're if you're not following, you're you're missing out. Yeah. We do know. Yeah. But, so our NHL draft analysis is very good That's then if true. we know. I already know who's gonna win the Stanley Cup next year, the the Super Bowl. And the NBA championship. No, now that's a little bit overboard here. <laughs> we want to thank our sponsors on this episode, London Awnings, Quality That Shows, and Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor. I saw Shane on the weekend. No, you didn't. I did. He called me on my phone and he said, hey, I'm, I'm at the place where I know you're going to be. Are you there yet? And I said, we, we're right here. We went out and saw him, watched him kick a soccer ball around. You know what? This For what it's worth. We give Shane moderate grief. He is not a good soccer player, despite what he says. I've watched him play. He's not that good. 
So I shouldn't invite him to come train with my soccer team. Then? I mean, is your soccer team make it be able to train him? <laughs> They'll cook him. Yeah, they're gonna cook him. <laughs> the U five Stingrays at Windsor Soccer. Amazing. Cook Shane Topolovic the next level athletics. <laughs> Hopefully there's something nutritious with that too, right? <laughs> I don't know. Is dirt nutritious as we kick up dust behind him? As he falls to the ground, getting <laughs> beat by a five-year-old who's doing tricks around him with a soccer ball? After he gets dangled, will dandelions sit well in his stomach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way uh, to end this. I guarantee you there's no sponsor of any podcast who takes more grief than Shane Pollock on our no podcast. <laughs> Compared to how great we speak of London awnings, quality that shows. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you listen to other podcasts, no one says, Casper Mattresses, they're shit. (laughs) Well, they are, though. Hoover vacuums, they suck. (laughs) Uh, And on that note, thank you for listening. Tune in next week to see if Shane is still sponsoring the show. And we will talk to you on the OT on Friday on the next edition of Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.